welcome back to Embrace the Grain Photography Podcast. I'm Sherry Christensen, and I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Embrace the Grain, episode 21. So, what's new and exciting? Actually, not a whole lot new and exciting here. But something that was on my mind is uh, brand loyalty. Now, I've heard the terms Nikon snob, Canon fanboy, like a snob, you have it. You name it. There's all sorts of people who shoot one kind of camera and one kind only. And it's the best. Whatever they have, they really, really like it. And it's the best. And it is for them. However, is it really? In reality, most cameras are just a light tight box that the person using it manipulates to make the image, right? So, when I first started out, I was the biggest Nikon fangirl on the planet. Nikon was the best. Nothing else was good. Nikon was just the best. And that was okay. That was what was right for me. And then I started with film photography. And I remember this vividly. I was with my mom and we were down in Yuma and we'd stopped in at the Goodwill. She was looking for, I don't even remember what she was looking for, but we went in there and on the shelf they had a pile of Canon Rebels. And they had a bunch of other film cameras, and at that time, they had lots of them, and they were not expensive. So, what did I do? I bought a Canon. The Nikon fangirl bought a Canon. And it had a basic kit lens, nothing special. And it was $15.99. And the battery in it was dead as a doornail and I wasn't sure exactly where I would get a battery but my dad says oh we have a Radio Shack here now this was a couple years ago and now Radio Shack is now gone but we went down to Radio Shack and I got a battery and cruised over to Walmart and picked up some Fuji Superior film which I do that every year because our Walmarts carry Kodak here and Fuji Superior is super expensive for some dumb reason in my area. But anyway, back to the story. I bought this Canon Rebel G and I had no idea how to shoot it and I thought I probably won't like it but $15.99 plus the cost of the battery and a roll of film like this is cheap gear to practice on and 
In the past, I had had people ask, you know, that were starting out, and they had a basic Canon camera, and I couldn't answer their questions. Like, they'd ask, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I thought, well, I can learn something, and give another brand a try. So, yeah. I had this Canon camera and I went out and I shot it and it didn't handle that bad. But I'm a Nikon fangirl, right? So, yeah. I'm kind of sitting there like, geez, I hope no one sees me carrying around this Canon camera. I don't, don't want to get teased and yada, 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 right? But to be honest, it was all stupidity on my part. I did it again. I bought the hype. Remember once before I talked about don't buy the hype? Well, that time I was buying the hype. And I thought, when I got the photos back, I thought, gee, this, this little Canon did a really good job. I thought, but the lens really sucks. The body's nice and small, it's light. So I thought I would get myself a better lens for it. So I ended up choosing the 40 millimeter pancake lens. Now it's only a 2.8, so it's not the speediest lens in the world. But uh, that little outfit packs a punch if you want to pack it along for travel, beat around in your car. And the 40 millimeter lens I bought new, and it wasn't even all that expensive. So it was a win-win. And I still have that camera, and it's not for sale. And here's why. Even though I like the camera, and in the meantime, quite a few of them, I've seen to have made my the way their way into my house. I've got an overload of them. I'm actually giving some away. But having said all that, I can't sell the original one because it has a super tired shutter. I used it enough that it actually wore the shutter out. As crazy as that sounds, that's what happened. So I can't sell that one. So I continue to use it and it doesn't do it all the time, but on about every third or fourth roll, the shutter will stick open and I will lose one frame, but if I hear it stick open I just power the camera off and it closes down and resets itself so it's got some sort of power issue in it which isn't a big deal because it wasn't expensive and they're super easy to replace in fact there's a box of them in the house that I'm working on uh, testing and giving away I gave a couple of them away to a friend of mine. So yeah, that was that. But as my journey went on, some really 
weird things started to happen. I had Nikon. I had some cannons. The next thing that showed up was a Pentax and an Olympus. So which ones showed up? So that's when I found the Pentax MV and that is my frugal film camera and actually I really really like it and I found it in the thrift store for five bucks and the other camera was an Olympus the old-school Olympus trip 35 with the selenium meter now I knew nothing about the camera and I got home and give it a Google and thought hey I did pretty darn good you know I spent 10 bucks on these cameras and they're both actually good cameras so I shot them tested them out and to be honest I like the Pentax better than the Olympus but they're both easy enough to use but now I have four different brands of cameras in my house and I know I've mentioned them before but I really wanted a Rolleiflex but wasn't really wanting to jump into medium format film. I still struggle with medium format but I'm getting better I'm shooting more of it but so I thought you know to try my hand at it I bought a Holga now they're not expensive and well lots of people really really love their Holgas I go out and I shoot it a few times a year I don't have a lot of money into it but I'm actually not really in love with it it's kind of a gimmick and a, it does okay but it's not my jam it's not for me but I'm not gonna sell it because to be honest I got a really good deal on it and it no harm no foul but it was good to try my hand with roll film using the Holga and then I thought well maybe I should get something better but man those Rolleiflexes were expensive and I was looking and I was looking and I found one that was in mint condition from the original owner who had just sent it away to Harry Fleener in California now he's the guy you send your rolly to for a CLA so it was freshly serviced and this thing came with all the filters in the case everything that you could the close-up thing which I've never used but it, I have it the books everything even I don't even remember I think the bill of sale was in there but uh, and I did I found this actually it was listed on eBay and it was in Edmonton which is the nearest city to me and I messaged the guy and he goes 
This was my dad's camera. He babied it and I don't want to sell it to be a shelf queen or to just anyone. I could, because I thought it was odd, you know, when I had uh, put in my bid and he had, I don't know how he did it, but he had put accepted offers only. It's the only time I've ever seen that. And he had asked, like, do you have a website and all this stuff? And so I sent it to him and I thought it was odd. And he goes, I don't want my dad's camera to sit on a shelf. I want it to be used and I want it to be cared for. And I thought, wow, that was really cool. And he goes, and I'll bring it out. I'll deliver it. I thought, okay. So do you do realize that's four hours of driving? He goes, yeah, that'll make a nice Sunday trip. And he goes, I'd like to meet the person who has my dad's camera. So we met in town at a public place because in reality, it's a stranger and it's someone I don't really know. And we had a good chat and he went on his way. And I came home with my Dream Rolleiflex 3.5F. And yes, it's in mint condition. And there's not a scratch on it. It's beautiful shape. But I use it. And that is the point. You know, I hear other photographers, you know, and I've chatted to them that they spend a lot on a camera. And I did pay the high price for his camera but the service job from Harry Fleener I know what those cost and that was expensive for him so this was worth every penny but I do I've talked to other people and they have nice cameras like this and they're afraid to use them but if it gets scratched or what if I wreck it or the camera's not made to sit on a shelf. It's made to be used. And the original owner of my Rolly, he used it quite a lot. Like the, the fellow that sold it to me said, Dad used this quite a lot. And he took care of it. And it's still in mint shape. Now this is a 60 year old camera. And it's still in mint shape. So use the cameras. Every single picture I get out of that camera is downright amazing. It's crisp, it's clear, it renders the color beautifully. And even black and white, I put black and white through it and use the red filters on it. And every single shot, amazing. Now, this one does have a selenium meter in it, but I don't use it because like I said, this is a 60-year-old camera. I don't know how accurate that meter is. The only accessory that it was missing was that little diffuser that covers up the meter. So I did purchase that. And just to help extend the life of it when I'm using it, maybe not so much light getting into that meter, keep it working as long as possible, right? But use your cameras. 
don't be brand specific. I was that way. I am no longer that way. If it's a lens and a shutter, I will use it. I will shoot it. Your camera wants you to love it and it wants you to shoot it. And it wants to take photos with you. It does not want to be sitting on the shelf dusted once a week. But anyway, so I think right about here we will move on to our next topic. So we've been concentrating a lot on the show here about film photography. So it's time maybe to show a little bit of love to the digital side of things. However, it all starts with a film camera. So while I was out thrifting and stuff, I ran across the Minolta Maxim 7000. But gee, this looks like a nice camera. I actually had batteries with me and fired it up and it seemed to work. And I went, you know, after I purchased it, I should have did this before I purchased it, but I bought the whole kit at a reasonable price and I thought, gee, this is really good. And these lenses are supposed to be amazing. But there's always a but. When I got back to the computer and did some research, I realized there was this aperture issue with that line of cameras. And sure enough, yes, it powered up and it fired and it, I really liked how it felt in my hands. So I was kind of bummed out that I could have went and shoot it but everything would have been shot at f22 and yeah I could have did that I still have the body I guess I could still do it but it's really limiting to do that and so I kept seeing these Maxim cameras for sale and really cheap and one actually even had the 60 millimeter Minolta Maxim macro lens and it was like 25 bucks and I thought holy Dana that's cheap I don't care if that camera works I want that lens so I bought it and nope camera didn't work it didn't even power up but I had the lens and okay I have the big beer can, the small beer can, the 50, and the macro. So basically I have an entire kit of lenses for a Minolta autofocus camera and no working body. So what was I going to do? Now guess what? These lenses fit onto the Sony A-mount cameras. No adapters needed. And Sony had some new cameras come out and they were fire sailing out their older ones. 
So when they do that, you tend to get them about 40% off. So I thought, maybe I should pick up one of these because my daughter had taken my backup digital camera and even though I have no intentions of going back in business, it's ingrained in my head that I should have a backup. And wireless connectivity would be nice. And if I got the A-mount, I have all the lenses. So I went shopping and got, found where they were, even had just the bodies on sale because I don't need a lens. So I bought the A77 II and I got a really good deal on it. And I brought it home and it's quite a bit different than the Nikon to use, but it, the only thing I don't like is the little joystick on the back, but I can live with it. So, everything else about the camera is really good. The, it's got the EVF viewfinder instead of just looking through a viewfinder, which that's fine too. But the screen itself, you can flip it up, rotate it. My Nikon doesn't do that. And sometimes that wireless connectivity is really awesome to have, especially like I've mentioned, I'm putting things up for sale. Now, I could use my iPhone and take it a decent enough picture. And I have sold things using just my iPhone camera. But I wanted to start up my Etsy store again and my iPhone camera isn't going to cut it. So I dug out the Sony and charged up the battery because like all of the digital cameras in the house, the batteries are always dead from lack of use. So I charged it up and grabbed that macro lens and started taking the pictures for my Etsy store. And then I just uh, uploaded them directly from the camera to Dropbox, threw them into Lightroom to size them, and they actually needed no other edits. For a plain, unedited file, it did a very good job. In fact, the job it did, I was totally satisfied with, and I didn't do anything else to it. What you see on those postings is exactly as the Sony shot it. So I was quite impressed there. And I also packed it around with a couple of the zooms. Oh, hang on, no, it was the small beer can that I took. I didn't take the big one. And when we went to the indoor playground with uh, my grandson, and so his mother and I and the little guy, we all went to the indoor playground, and I tell you, you come out of there, he was exhausted and I had a headache because it's just jam-packed with hundreds of kids running and playing and having a really good time. But 
I packed this camera around in there and jumped on the trampoline with it in my hand and ran through the ball pits and packed this down the slide and the rubber grip has um, notches for your fingers so it's really easy to hang on to and yes I did have a strap as well so no worries I was not going to drop it while I was sliding down this huge two-story bumpy slide but uh, yeah it did well the pictures came out good there were a couple spots like the one ball pit was kind of dark so I popped the flash now I only have the onboard flash and it's what you were going to expect it was not the greatest but you gotta try it out right so even I used the old Kleenex over the pop-up flash trick to diffuse the light that helped so what you do there is you just take your tissue and you know how they're two ply you separate them and then just put the single layer of paper in front of your pop-up flash and hold it with your fingers and that will dis diffuse it so it's not so harsh now I learned that trick from actually a portrait photographer a long time ago and while it is limiting it will work to a certain extent in some situations so it didn't work so great in the playground mostly because the ball pit had the netting and it kept picking up on that so in the area where he was shooting the ball guns like the big nerf guns it was also quite dark in there and there was no net between us and in that situation that trick did work so I have photos there that are more how would you say this more better lit I know that's not impro that's improper English but uh, the lighting is much better with that diffused pop-up flash than when I took the ISO and cranked it to the max so my thoughts on the Sony 70 a 77 2 I would get it yeah it's not a current model but to be honest your 35 millimeter camera that you're shooting is going to be about equivalent to the quality of this one I can't remember offhand what the megapixels were somehow I'm thinking they were around the 24 mark and that's plenty good enough for everything I'm going to do now I do have my D800 and I think it's 36 it's been a long time since I looked that information up but uh, if you can print a billboard size with that then this will okay I, I don't know if you could actually print a billboard size image with a D800 that was just some hype I heard and I guess I should tell myself stop listening to the hype just stop it stop it right 
but I do know for a fact that I can print a three foot by eight foot canvas and it comes out clear and beautiful and how I know that is I've done it it was a custom order it's hanging on a friend of mine's wall he requested a certain image in a very definite size and he really loves it so a custom framed canvas yes that was very expensive I didn't want to do it unless I knew the camera was capable of it so if I can if I can print three feet by eight feet I can probably print pretty good size with the Sony now my Epson printer will only do 17 by 20 that's as big as I can print and this Sony is most definitely capable of doing that so if you are in the market for a digital camera they are mega bucks especially if you've been shooting film and you are just a hobbyist right so don't be afraid to look for the older models or the gently used older models when I first took up the hobby of photography I started with a non-current Nikon D80 now that's small by today's standards and I upgraded to a used D90 and I actually used that when I started in my business before I upgraded once again to the D7100 which I did purchase brand new so the first year that I was running my business I was using crop sensor cameras and I've also heard don't use a crop you need a full frame which is a total crock you can your customer isn't going to know what size your sensor is so the lenses is what you should spend the money on and find the camera that has the features that you need you probably don't need the brand new $5,000 digital camera especially if your main interest is shooting film you can definitely get by with a lesser digital camera and your client isn't going to know the difference even though my D800 is now extremely out of date and has been used for a few years now if I were going to open up my business again I wouldn't hesitate to use that camera I also wouldn't hesitate to use the Sony Ace A77 too you know both are good they're both capable I wouldn't hesitate with either of them so not current not the new in thing in all the rage but hey I shoot film 90% of the time and we all know that that's went out of fashion and it's just coming back into use again um, and why I say that is I have noticed over the past two years the prices of film cameras are going 
up. And when I say up, I mean they have tripled in price. So in 2016, I was using my Nikon FE. And I thought I wanted a second body. So what I ended up buying was the Nikon F100. So before it became the cool thing to do, I had bought the F100, right? And the reason for that is all my very good Nikon glass that I was using in business, like I have some good lenses, right? They actually all work on the F100. So that was my thinking for that. So I had a mechanical style body. And yes, I know the FE has an electronic shutter, but it is the older style, mechanical style body. And I had a modern looking film camera that used all my modern lenses. And that's what I started with. And I'll tell you, the FE I paid $75 and it had a zoom lens that I hardly ever use but it's one of the better quality ones uh, and on the front of it was a 50 millimeter 1.2 now I wanted that lens so bad I didn't care if the camera worked but uh, buying that kit started me down this whole rabbit hole and I still enjoy that 1.2 lens and cannot believe that I got the FE and the 1.2 lens for $75. And at the time when I purchased the F100, you can see what they're going for online and divide that by one and a half times. So they were significantly cheaper in 2016 than they are currently. And no, I haven't had any issues with it. So that was my story there. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, how are you enjoying the new format here? You know, It's a little bit more work, but I think I finally found the groove. Is the audio okay? Do you enjoy one long show or do you miss the old segments? Would you like me to do them both? We could do shows like this where it's all one half hour of listening to me blather on or we could break it up every once in a while and add this segments. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do so I'm hoping that my listeners will give me some input help but anyway um, yeah so once again episode 25 is coming up have you entered for your free film that's right free film so how do you get free film just send me an email 
Oops, I'm back. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yes, free film. Interested in some free film? Just send me an email with the subject line, free film giveaway. And I will put your name in a hat and I will get my grandson to draw out three lucky winners and go into my stash of film in my fridge and mail you some film directly from Embrace the Green to you. And who knows, maybe there'll be a little something extra in that envelope. Just as an appreciation for listening and bearing with me and everything. So, yeah, let's have some email here. And I'd like to uh, thank you for listening. I have heard from a few of you now. And it's pretty awesome to uh, hear what you have to say. And I think that's probably going to wrap up the show. Now, don't forget to email me. And you can do that by uh, sending your email to embracethegrainpodcast at gmail.com. So don't forget. And hey, don't be negative. Bye. See you next week. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed the show, and I'd really love to hear from you. Now, there's a few ways you can get in touch. You can use the Anchor app to do a one-minute call-in to the show. You can record a voice memo on any smartphone and email that into the show, and I'll play them on air. Or you can just send me an email at embracethegrainpodcast at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message over on Instagram. You can find me at embrace underscore the underscore grain. I'd really love to hear from you. And until next week, take care and don't be negative.